You're listening to a Galactic Network podcast. The Podcast of Terror is a show with adult themes, run by adults, for adults. Please do not have your children listen to this show. It might be beneficial to them in the long run, but please, please wait until they are older. This is one of those things. It's like when you laugh when you're playing bingo and and 069 comes up and you have a chuckle and your mom, your kitty says, uh, uh, Mommy, Mommy, why, why are you laughing at 069? And the mommy says, uh, when you're older. It's one of those kinds of things. Mommy, Mommy, can I listen to Podcast of Terror? Sure. When you're older. This is a show with adult themes and some childish behavior. A lot of dick jokes. Uh, so please, please, please. Uh, if you want to avoid the swearing, if you want to avoid spoilers for your favorite horror movies, and if you want to avoid really, really lame, petty dick jokes, do not listen to this show. It is not for you. Corey, how often do you wear a shirt? Not as often as you would think. Yeah, it's always nice to cover up your nipples, and maybe your neighbors are complaining because they're hairy. I know you they, like they, wear, you wear shirts when it, we do these shows. That's about it, from what I understand. It's more that I just give off a glare that blinds drivers by. It is hot in California, so I assume that you sweat. There's a there's a slight sheen to you, and the California sun just. Pshh, I don't even sheen. I estevez. <laughs> that that is, if you do not want to estevez in public, we have two places in which you can go. We got two coupon codes to make your life a little cheaper. Uh, you can go visit a uh, frequent guest and friend of the show, Matt Vincent. His his website thehate.com. That's the hviii.com use the coupon code hbg15 for 50 percent off your order maybe you hate him i don't know he's he's kind of a likable guy but if you hate him and you want to go spend your money somewhere else we got this other place go to statusfearmerch.com uh, another uh, sponsor of the show friend of the show he does all our artwork he's a really nice guy he does all the, the art for my band except for the stuff that Corey's wife draws head over to statusfearmerch.com use the coupon code terror get you a little nice discount there Welcome to episode 111 of the Podcast of Terror, a production of the Galactic Network. I'm your host, Matt Stein. With me, as always, is Corey Grease 3 Scott. Alan, your hair looks all shiny and slicked back. And Oh, okay. <laughs> Grease 3 would actually be great. I, I am a cool writer, and uh, look at me, I'm Sandra D. See, I was... Actually, I've decided that if I ever did drag, which is not a goal, but something that I'm not adverse to, uh, I would my lead song would be um, the the Rizzo song the uh, oh crap I can't even think about it now God damn it I hit I it I don't know maybe uh, which, maybe our guest knows look at me I'm Sandra D <laughs> no not the not look at me I'm Sandra D uh, that's a little too uh, prissy it's the one there are worse uh, things that I could do uh, oh yeah but my name would be Miss Tawdry Horn because why not <laughs> you've put a lot of thought into that. I don't put little thought into it. All right. Uh, joining us this week is uh, a returning guest, Mark Krawcheck. I know you have like a podcast and a YouTube thing, and I spent yesterday drinking instead of preparing for the show. Shocker. <laughs> isn't drinking how you prepare sure. for the show. <laughs> I'm sure it's a shocker to everybody. Um, so I forgot to do my internet research to rekindle what you do. So if you uh, want to go ahead and, and do that. <laughs> Like, sure, I can. Well, first, thanks for having me back, though. After uh, this movie, you may never have me back. Uh, very confused but... the whole time. <laughs> I was like, does Mark 
is Mark mad at us? <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what Dave said. He goes, are you joining the club of continually trying to piss them off? <laughs> That's what Dave does. That's definitely what Dave does. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, uh, I do a YouTube channel where I do movie reviews as well as short uh, little skits or whatever comes to mind. Uh, the spoiler room, right? And I do the spoiler room podcast as well. Yeah. Um, we're we're up coming up on episode one sixty eight, so um, yeah, it's it's been a lot of fun. Plus, I occasionally write reviews for We Live Entertainment and do a video uh, segment there, though I haven't done much there lately. And occasionally, I'm also on the Astro Radio Z podcast, so I'm I'm kind of all over. What is that one? Uh, Astro Radio Z podcast. Mm-hmm. It's run by filmmaker and editor Derek Carey. Um, it's it's kind of cult underground uh, B movie type stuff, uh, cover stuff that most people don't. Uh, it's a lot of fun. That's, I had never heard of it, which isn't saying a whole lot. I'm a very ill-informed human being. Yeah, uh, so people who aren't familiar with Mark's work, uh, Mark is what an actual film reviewer is, and uh, not us. The exact opposite of us. Yes. <laughs> you were too kind. He's very good you. and thorough, and I get drunk and and Corey does whatever Corey does. Yeah, that's what I do. <laughs> Everybody's got their own style, so well, that's true. It works. Although I don't know who listens to this thing anymore because Apple changed how they report back statistics. So I didn't even know Apple reported back statistics. So <laughs> reluctantly, they did, and now they changed it to make it more difficult. So uh, if I look at our downloads, there's like three quarters of them are now missing. <laughs> I have to look at how to do that because I've never done that. <laughs> oh, so um, well, uh, let me explain this one real quick. So basically what we do is we upload the the, uh, the, the episode audio to uh, Podbean. And ah, okay. You take the URL and then you put it into Blueberry, which is like a statistics website. Mm-hmm. And then it gives you like a redirect. And then you post that redirect link in wherever you post your show. Oh, so that okay. it runs, yeah, it runs through Blueberry's site, so that if it downloads, it's supposed to, you know, tick. But supposed to, right? Since the majority of our downloads and uh, come from Apple right now, it, it literally looks like there are seven people that listen to this thing. <laughs> and and I'm like, I, there's nothing I can do. It's like now upsetting to look at our downloads. I just I just go by how many people uh, on average uh, visit or add to my RSS feed. So, and then uh, look at how many people visit the actual page on my website, and that's about as far as I take it. Not as uh, important. Um, yeah, it probably it, should be. It's, but not, it's I just, not like we're doing anything to get sponsors. Like we don't have to hit yeah. certain download <laughs> numbers for sponsors because literally all the ads we run are just our friends. Yeah. Um, but still, it's like I kind of like to know that somebody is paying attention and that we're doing this for someone other than ourselves. Oh, I'm, I'm sure there's people out there paying attention. So. Oh, Ashley's in the chat. So right off the bat, we're doing okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I was trying to ignore her yeah, like little sister that just keeps coming around. Put, put peanut butter in her hair and she still wants to hang out. I think you just hit on the most uh, popular porn on RedTube, actually. <laughs> what? <laughs> nothing never mind never mind I'm i just to, I, I, I'm sister, some weird hair. I know i'm little... trying to go back through what i said <laughs> little sister yeah. peanut butter hair <laughs> huh. look it up 
You, don't don't do it. You know, are we gonna start looking at pornography on the show now? I mean, we're we're pretty much one step away from. What do you that. mean now? What do you mean now? I don't think I've ever watched porn while we were recording. <laughs> like I'm trying to think but, back, but not an adamant, not an adamant. I have never watched porn while we were recording. <laughs> it's just, not. I don't think he says it like he's considering it still, though. Yeah. <laughs> Eleven episodes is a lot to try to take in and think. Did I watch porn during that episode? I've gotten pretty drunk on some episodes, so I, I, I had to get really distracted for Santa's sleigh. So oh, that movie's so good. <laughs> that movie is not so good. Really? That movie's fun. That's, uh, yeah. It's on. It's on the Roku channel right now. Uh, it's it's one of the the choices, and it's, by it's choices free, right? I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah it's absolutely be. free. That's <laughs> the point of the Roku channel. If you want something completely different in your Christmas film, look for Cannibal Claws. I think that's on Prime right now. What? I'm looking. Yeah, at Cannibal one. Claws. <laughs> Complete exploitation underground, uh, micro budget film. Uh, lots of nudity, and Santa is a cannibal. Well, a guy who plays Santa is a cannibal. Huh. They do have uh, Santa Claus Conquers the Martians on there as well. Oh, yeah. That's a classic. <laughs> How many movies do you think you've seen, Mark? <laughs> oh, <laughs> this year or all together? Well, uh, let's uh, say the number. It may be easier for you to figure out how many movies you haven't seen. <laughs> a lot of pe- people tell me that. No, I've seen I haven't seen a lot of movies. I have seen a lot of movies this year. I will be creeping up on 375. If you include short films, so uh, oh yeah, so uh, yeah, so 375 new movies that you had not seen before. Uh, no, altogether. Uh, as far as new movies this year, I'd say about a third of that is new movies so I have not good. seen oh. at all. Uh, actually, no more than that if you count the short films. So about a little over half, probably. So, do you- and I'm rewatching Friends episodes every day. Yeah, I'm, I'm watching Jersey Shore. <laughs> <laughs> well, when you say movies, it means ones that came out this year or ones I hadn't seen before. Just ones you hadn't seen before. Oh, ones that I haven't seen before? Then, yeah, it's closer to 350. So, Jesus. Um. <laughs> so, are you just like really into seeing movies or do you just have like a real broad spectrum of what you're into? No, he was cursed by an ancient. <laughs> so is, it, is this like, is your life? I can't say speed? gypsy anymore. So, what's the term now? Is your. Vagabond. No, yeah, just, yeah uh, there you go. Vagrant. Um, so is your life like a real life speed, except instead of a bus going under 55, you can't not watch a movie a day? <laughs> Otherwise you'll blow up. I, I don't watch a movie a day, but there's sometimes like a Saturday if I've actually got nothing planned and uh, the kids and wife are doing their own thing, I'll watch four or five movies on a day. I don't know. I don't know. And I, I'm, I didn't. I don't know if anyone I work with still listens to this. But sometimes, if I end up working from home, if I'm sick or whatever, I will just burn through a bunch of movies if my wife's gone. So I, I yeah, not that far away from from that. <laughs> it can be fun if you pick the right selection. You know, uh, we did a challenge. There's a Facebook page that was for the 31 Days of Horror, mm-hmm. and uh, it's it's content we all post every day. Everybody who's part of the group you know, what movies they watched uh, during October each day. You watch at least 31 total films. It doesn't have to be one each day, but it has equal 31 films by the end of October. So that one's fun, but we wanted to continue it. So we did the Turkey Challenge, which was 15 films. But our uh, runner of the group, uh, Derek Carey, he made the stipulation it had to be a rating of 
2.9 stars or below on IMDb, Amazon, or Netflix. Ooh. Yeah, because the turkey challenge is you watch a bad film, and I think uh, who gave us the idea, the group they were in, it was below five, but that we figured was too easy. It's got to be 2.9 or below on IMDb, and uh, that was that was rough. But that, that was so you, you we before we started recording, we were kind of talking about Rotten Tomatoes, and a lot of times things that are rated poorly on Rotten Tomatoes are actually really good. Like I want to say, uh, Plex added Rotten Tomatoes scores now to movies, and mm-hmm. I watched Happy Gilmore, and I think it gave it like a real shitty number, but I think that movie's great. <laughs> well, movies are subjective. Well, you know, that's that's the thing. So that. you could you could find something you really like, but it's rated shitty on. Mm-hmm. Any any site. Well, Which, Rotten Tomatoes is an aggregator of of different reviews, so that that's the whole problem with Rotten Tomatoes. And I don't have an, an issue with it like some people do, but it's just it's an arbitrary number. You need to find a reviewer who has similar tastes and interests as you, and 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 follow them, and then their scores are going to be probably closer to what you're going to enjoy. Yeah. Or not enjoy, depending on what they rate something. Um, but to just go to a site that takes reviews from all over the place and all these different tastes, and you know, reviewers who are much more cerebral about films are going to rate things higher than maybe what we're going to rate it because we like comedies or action films or or sometimes just dumb mm-hmm. shit. Like I'll watch Balls of Fury a thousand times or Hot Rod uh, about a million times, and I think that those are two just classically funny films but i don't know what they get on on a rotten tomatoes score yeah well rotten tomatoes the critics have to apply to be included in rotten tomatoes um you have to produce like 200 reviews i think in a year to qualify as well as uh some other conditions and then when you submit a review you i believe they can decide uh whether or not it's actually a rotten or fresh film when they write up their review or I'm not quite sure how that works because I never applied for it. I have a friend who's actually a certified Rotten Tomato critic. Uh, I didn't have to ask him too much about it, but I do know that unlike some other sites, you, you do have to be kind of a member first before you get your review considered for the rating. Yeah. But I've always gone on Rotten Tomatoes and I've seen some where it was rated fresh, but if you read the review, I'm like, this seems like a negative review or vice versa where they, it seemed they were actually rather positive, yet it was still considered rotten. So I was like, yeah, okay. <laughs> you know, I like Megaforce. It's 0% on Rotten Tomatoes. I don't care. <laughs> yeah, and, and that's the thing is when I was young, it was Siskel and Ebert. It, mm-hmm. it used to watch them or, or was it Robert Reed, I think, used to do the stuff yep. on Showtime. Um, but, but I knew that I wasn't going to like every single film that, that, Siskel or Ebert was going to like and and vice versa. I wasn't going to hate everything that they hated. Um, but they at least would discuss what they liked and didn't like about it. They wouldn't just give it a thumbs up or thumbs down. They would talk about the whys. And, and you know, sometimes it's as simple as you got me the wrong week. And this week I'm not in the mood for your bullshit or the uh, political climate says, hey, um, your, your sexist humor in this doesn't really agree with me right now. Uh, it's kind of a tough time. Uh, but maybe two years ago, I would have thought this was fucking hilarious and not thought twice about it. It, it just sort of depends. It, I don't, I think reviewing stuff is fine. Now, obviously we do it and we do a bullshit job of it. Um, but, but we're okay with that because we're, we're mostly here to, to have fun and entertain as much as we possibly can. 
and and just talk about movies to maybe get people to check those movies out. It's it's not a matter of, you know, even if you hear me say that a movie is complete shit, it doesn't mean don't watch it. It means watch it, discover for yourself if you also think it's shit and then call me on my crap. But realistically, it, it a, a score like that should never stop you from seeing a film that you want to see. And I think that too many people assume that that's what's going to happen is like, oh, well, Justice League got terrible scores. So no one's going to see Justice League. No, I feel like people already kind of decided that Justice League wasn't for them based off of the, the first two films that came out. So they were like, yeah, I'm staying home from this one. It didn't have anything to do with what Rotten Tomatoes said on, on either the fan side or the, the critic side. It was just like, we're, we know this film is not for me. That's it. it. My friend's joke, because uh, when Batman v Superman came out, I got a bit triggered, I'll fully admit, because <laughs> I dove down the rabbit hole of trying to understand the hypocrisy of fandom. And it nearly broke me. And by the end of X-Men Apocalypse, I gave up because I was like, especially the whole Marvel DC debate, you know, yeah, uh, I'm like sitting here going, I look at these, I looked at the two films at the time, Batman v Superman and Civil War, which came out and everybody praised Civil War and everybody shat on Batman v Superman. And I fully acknowledge the weaknesses Batman v Superman had, but I'm like, both these films have these weaknesses, but what you're yep. saying in this one you're not saying in this one or like, um, Oh, the big one was, uh, you know, most more recent. If you want a comparison, everybody went Gaga over the, uh, Avengers infinity war trailer, which mm -hmm. I was like, okay, it looks bloated as hell, but okay. But you know, when, uh, Thanos came out, uh, you know, the, the CGI in him, a lot of people complained and everybody was like, Oh, well, they're still in post-production and they'll probably clean it up and it'll make it look better. I'm like, wait, 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 when Justice League trailer came out, they go, oh, this looks like total shit. I'm not going to go see it. Look at how horrible this film is. I'm like, and now you've got the exact same complaint, but now it's, oh, they're just in post-production and and it'll probably look better, you know, once the film comes out. I'm like, give me a break. Folks. Yeah, you can't you can't service different criteria for 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 two different things. It's just it's silly. But but again, I think people know what they want at that point. If you're someone who's enjoyed the Marvel movies all along, then you got very excited by the uh, Infinity War trailer. And if you're someone who didn't enjoy the DC films so far, say for Wonder Woman, then you probably knew that Justice League wasn't going to service you. I watched Justice League and was surprised at how much I enjoyed in it. I still think that there were problems and I still think the problems that I had with the films stem from Zack Snyder's direction of the movies, uh, which were the problems I had with the Man of Steel and Batman v Superman. I, I don't, find his take on on superman in particular but superheroes in general to to match up with my tastes but that's okay on the other hand i'm a huge dc fan and if you go back in time i loved the the nolan batman movies except for the third one uh i love the christopher Reeve superman movies the the first two and even number three i i <laughs> absolutely love number three with Richard Pryor as dumb as it is and I watch Supergirl like a billion times but you can watch those things and enjoy those things and still acknowledge that Catwoman was a piece of shit that never should have happened and when it did it shat out Shaq as fucking steel I think that you can you can look at any of these things objectively and say this one is good this one is not good for me and it's all personal opinion but to just arbitrarily across the board say, oh, all the Marvel films are excellent. No, they're not all excellent. Some of them are okay. Uh, some of them are fantastic. 
I haven't seen one yet that I thought was actively bad. I've no. seen some that I thought were like, okay, that was just fine. But they're also completely watchable to me is like, I can enjoy the whole thing. And because they built such a great foundation from those original films that were great, that even the ones that are like, oh, all right, uh, I still enjoy seeing them because they tie into this other big thing. And I think if, the DC film universe had established that the same way. Um, it, it probably would have been received better. It, the problem is the foundation for the DC film universe right now is based off of a couple of movies that I just didn't like. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, and it's one of those things where there were people shitting on the movie and said, this movie is horrible. And then I go, have you seen it? Well, no, but this critic said it was horrible, which confirms right. my belief. This movie's horrible. I'm like, have you seen it? No. Well then, Come back to me, and if you hated it after you watched it, okay, fine. You know what? We can have a discussion about it. But until then, don't sit there and say this movie is immediately horrible because, uh, you know, you haven't seen it yet, but someone else said it was horrible. I mean, there's a reason why Siskel and Ebert did thumbs down, thumbs up, rather than stars or anything. Yep. They and, and, and that's a person who who reads uh, a headline of, of an onion story, thinks it's real, and goes around and starts talking crap about it online <laughs> afterwards. It's like you don't have any basis for what you're saying. I don't I don't I'm not mad at you for, for feeling the way you do, but I feel a little bit bad that that you have based a judgment off of absolutely nothing. <laughs> you know, it, but it, it's fine. You know, that's your prerogative, man. And there's movies I know I love that are horrible or a lot of people or if you get to filmmaking particulars, no, they're not well-made films, but I love them. I'll watch them all the time. Like today's movie, actually, I'll, not all the time, but I'll watch it even though I fully recognize it's <laughs> not a great film. But, you know, like Maximum Overdrive, there's people who just hate that film. I oh, love that movie's that great. Film. And I could watch that film like almost daily. And Stephen King does not really like that film, but I could watch that all the time. Exactly. I mean, I, I love that movie, but I, I grew up with that movie. Uh, certainly the soundtrack adds something to it. But yeah, I, I watched some of the, the shit. Like I watched the SWAT movie with Colin Farrell all the time. It's on <laughs> every time the replacements is on with Keanu Reeves and Gene Hackman which is a fucking sports movie. I don't even like football, but for some reason I like movies about sports. So that and varsity blues, I will watch just sitting on my ass until fucking trees grow underneath me. I don't <laughs> care. Um, I love those goddamn movies and I know that they're awful. It's like someone who loves showgirls. It, yeah. You know what? You, you can love showgirls um, <laughs> except for that weird ass floppy fish sex scene in the pool. That's just, that's crazy. Wait, that's, hey, does that not nobody okay with that? Like? <laughs> it, it is like sex with a fish. I've been doing it wrong. If you cut your own hole into it, I like smoke fish. Makes it smell yeah. good, at least. The, you <laughs> like sex with smoked fish, or you like smoked fish? <laughs> Just like, <laughs> yes. He likes. He likes to keep going until the friction starts to burn, and then, <sighs> yes. <laughs> Hell yeah! Really good conversation. Top of old smoky. <laughs> You take the skin off, there's a tender underneath. Never mind. Oh. <laughs> oh, Ask boy. Mark how to debone a fish. He's like, I've never done it in my life. No, Everyone. I want to bone a fish, not debone it. What are you talking about? No. And there we go. <laughs> I mean, I don't hate it. 
I don't hate this <laughs> at all. Not one one bit. It's one reason a lot of people who, who in my generation went to see showgirls or watch showgirls. And now it's because Elizabeth Berkeley got butt ass naked. Jesse Spano. Yes. Yeah, let's call her a real name. That's why. She's so excited. And she just can't hide it. She's so <laughs> getting back by Dale Cooper in a pool. Uh, if Tiffany Amber Thiessen was also in that film, oh, most man. Of my generation would have short circuit. Yeah, seriously. It would have been like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love uh, you know, Kelly Kapowski. They, they, they would have had to pay the uh, they would have had to pay the theater theater employees extra for cleaning. Oh god! Aww, just power wash it when you're done. <laughs> just, just like was Pee Wee Herman here? What the fuck? <laughs> did either of you watch American Horror Story? With the latest one? Yeah. No, I did not. We stopped after Hotel. We've got to watch the other ones. We wait till they come online and binge them. Usually. Oh. Damn it. I don't want to ruin anything for you. <laughs> I've heard the last two seasons, uh, Roanoke and then this past one, were not good. But uh, Cult? No, yeah, Cult was better than Roanoke, but there's a weird jerking off in a shower situation that happens. And <laughs> yeah. Like, in, in, is in that America just when you're watching it, Matt, or was it? <laughs> what was that, Corey? I said, is it just when you're watching it? <laughs> God damn it. And I also. T- <laughs> I'm ignoring you. I also don't like that Billy Eichner is in it because I don't like consider him like a serious actor. Yeah, but I don't I don't know how many of the people in any of uh, who is it? Ryan Murphy that does the yeah. American Horror Story. Yeah. I don't know how many people in Ryan Murphy stuff are I consider serious actors, period. It's just like he, he gets some weird people to be in his stuff because even the stuff that's supposed to be taken seriously seems like it almost never is uh oh. he's just got a weird aesthetic to his his writing it's like it's always halfway into glee territory uh I, that's why i thought scream queens the the first season at least was so right for him because it was all the the american horror story stuff with all the silliness that he's he's more capable of doing and i think suits his voice a little bit better uh nip tuck was like that I think it was just it was just so weird mm-hmm. that it it you didn't take it seriously even though it was technically a drama. Yeah, it, yeah, it got weird. I, Plus, I, Billy Eichner's awesome. Billy Eichner's great. I think he's funny. I just like was taken aback to see him in what is supposed to be like a serious role, and later on, he shit gets a little off the rails for him, and and it just I don't know. It was weird. He's not bad. I just no. didn't I didn't want that. I didn't want that. Plus he's gotta clean up the jizz in the showers. That's <laughs> what that whole thing stemmed from. That highest paid untried labor job in Sonoma County for the longest time was uh the guy who did the booth cleanup at the adult bookstore. I mean, you gotta get paid a lot of money to do that. And not enough money. Uh, it, <laughs> like I heard, I heard the 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 pay scale, and I'm like, nope, not even interested. Yeah, there's nothing. You couldn't pay me enough to do that. I don't even like cleaning up That's my own. Some, somebody does it. So <laughs> I don't even like doing my own. Yeah. I don't even like my own cleanup. Have you ever heard the Kevin Smith story about the uh, the what is the flashlight? And then uh, he didn't clean it. And then one day he went and he opened it up and he found out what happens 
when you don't clean your <laughs> flashlight. Oof. And oh, oh, I, I don't. First, I don't want to spoil it for anybody. Second of all, uh, we already go on a cusp of of too much wrong on the show as it is. Uh, if you are a, a strong constitution, seek it out, but really don't seek it out. It's, <laughs> is there pictures or is it just a story? It's just a story, but it's okay. it's very graphic and it it paints a picture, so to speak, of uh, of something you just never would think of, and it's it's awful. It is just awful. Hmm. Clean your shit out. Wash that sock. Let let your sex slaves bathe once in a while. Give them a horse bath. <laughs> They're in the basement. This PSA brought to you by the Podcast <laughs> of Terror. That's why there's a bucket that you send down the bucket. It puts the lotion on the hands. <laughs> yeah. I uh. So, Mark, you may or may not know that there's another snowstorm coming. Oh, is there? Yeah, Thursday oh. we're supposed to get six to ten inches of snow. Not a uh, surprise. Yeah, not shocked. If for, for those listening, Mark and I live like an hour away from each other. Never once met in real life. <laughs> we hang out on sure. the internet once in a while. You hang out once in a while, you might get six to ten inches more often. <laughs> wow. All right. So <laughs> where I was going with this is they have a really shitty name naming scheme for mm-hmm. much like hurricanes and all that stuff. So I've decided to name this snowstorm. It's Snowpocalypse 2017 version 2.0 brought to you by Pepsi. Nice. So I think we should start selling the naming rights of uh, snowstorms and hurricanes to major corporations. There you go. You get t-shirts. Yeah, we can get t-shirts made and you know special edition Pepsi flavors for the hurricane. First of all, oh. how are you? How are you going Pepsi? If your bottling choice beverage is anything, like why aren't you getting sponsored by a beer company? It's you. <laughs> you prove a really good point. <laughs> That is. <laughs> I don't know. Brought Here's to you. Sponsorship. Brought to you. Brought to you by Budweiser, the king of beers. Ooh. Oh, Bud Ice. Oh. Bud Ice. There you go. Bud Ice. Man, in the nineties, I drank a lot of Bud Ice and Bud Dry, and then I mixed them together, made Bud Dry Ice, and everything got fucked up after that. Wait. Did you really do that? Yeah, I did it once. Oh, Bud Dry Ice. <laughs> Have you ever heard of a Red Dog, where you mix uh, no Juice Dog. Because Red Dog was the beer. So you mix Red Dog and tomato juice? No. Yeah, I never did it. I had some friends that really wanted to. They used to yell Juice Dog all the time. I probably would have just thrown up. You should use Clamato. (sighs) That sounds disgusting, too. What is that, Budweiser and clam juice? Uh, Clamato is is clam juice and tomato juice mixed together. It is an actual product. Yeah, uh, oh, yeah, that's yeah. what that's what tomato juice needs is fish. You can you can get cans of Budweiser and Clamato pre-mixed. Oh. Just Clamato just sounds a little too close to chlamydia, which I'm already afraid of catching when I drink Budweiser. So I just <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, anytime I drink too much Budweiser, my insides like to run out my ass. You want to talk about this movie? Speaking of things, it's like it's run out my ass. Ass. <laughs> it's like a you want to talk about the movie? You guys seem to be delaying it. Oh no, no, uh, no! Before this podcast, including show notes and contact info and subscription links, go to gncast.com/pot. You know how to do this. We tell you about it all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can chat with us on our Slack channel uh, or the the YouTube when we're we're live, uh, like like Ashley and and Growly do. Uh, or you can go to gncast.com/signup. And while you're there, you can subscribe to the newsletter for the the, the network. Yeah, real quick. 
Because I'm pretty sure Mark is drinking water. No, I'm drinking not your father's mountain ale. Damn you. Uh, <laughs> um, I'm drinking orange. Does it actually taste like water. Mountain Dew? Uh, it it tastes very citrusy, similar to Mountain Dew. The thing is, you don't taste any alcohol in it, much like the uh, not your father's root beer, which I really enjoy. Oh, not bad. Yeah, I, I had one nine too many last night, so I'm drinking sparkling water. Um, <laughs> nothing wrong with that that's usually my drink of choice i only drink when i'm on podcasts so um yeah we had some friends over last night and but i think for all the people who know how much i love being a beer nerd i think i finally got my hands on a bottle of peanut butter marshmallow barrel aged popinski which if you're wow. played nintendo at all it's fucking soda popinski from mike tyson's punch out or punch out in general <laughs> Is the label and uh, yeah, it's Angry Chair in Tampa. Um, pretty fucking excited. I saw someone have it once, and I've just been on a tear. And it's yeah, it's worth a lot of money. In, the one that I wish we I could have gotten, but it never came up here in Wisconsin, was the Black Phillip drink. No, you I, you can get it here. Oh, you can. Yeah, I've seen it. I've bought a six pack, and there's a liquor store down the street from my house that it still has it. Oh, nice. It's super, super fucking good. Uh, Is it? <laughs> yeah, that Blake's Hard Cider. Um, yeah. When we did The Witch, I got a six-pack and split it with not Corey, the, our guest that was on. Nice. Yeah. It is very good. I recommend it if you see it. Um, they have... It's like their mango habanero one is really good, too, mm-hmm. if you like spice at all. It's not like a super spicy. It's just kind of like, it's there. It burns enough to let you know it's there. Sure. <laughs> I recommend it. That's the way I like the spice, usually. Yeah, yeah, I had a, there's a, well, now Stone Brewing is like everywhere here, but back in the day when you couldn't get it here, I got a bottle of Crime and Punishment, and it was like two pepper porters made with like the habaneros from the Brewmaster's Garden, Wow! and they were so fucking hot that I like took a sip and dumped them out, (laughs) and it was like the big ass bomber bottles. Yeah, I was just pouring money down the drain. By the way, burns just enough so that you know it's there is also description of my chlamydia. (laughs) <laughs> Jesus, Corey, what are you drinking? Lipton iced tea over there. I'm drinking Lipton iced tea. I should be drinking something hot. I just got out of the shower. I've been sick this entire week, and so I, I took a nice hot shower before I got in the air. So I have that 15 minute window of when I can breathe. It's already up. I <laughs> will move this one along. I um, I have a sore throat because I got so drunk that I snored all night. My wife almost went and slept on the couch, and I got yelled at when I woke up this morning. That's my life. I finally got uh, replacement stuff for my uh, breathing apparatus, the thing that keeps me alive. Because that's what you do is you get one of those and then they don't send you supplies for a year. So I pulled out the the filter on it and it was hairier and a darker color than my, well, now dead cat. But it was it was pretty horrifying to know that that's going into my face holes yeah. while I sleep. Oh, good times. Yeah, it's fucked up. I never like looking at the filters of things. I do. No, it, but... man, there's a lot of disgusting stuff. And what we just talked about with the adult bookstore, that's one of them. But another one that is like should be at that same level, but seems somewhat socially acceptable is other people's lint. Uh, when you have when you don't have your own washing machine and dryer in your uh... apartment and you have a shared one or you go to a laundromat and you empty the lint screen because you have to do that. Otherwise, shit catches fire. Uh, People don't clear their own lint when they're done 
pulling their stuff out. That is that is a level of gross that I don't even want to comprehend. It's like everybody's dead skin cells and hair and uh, fecal matter and everything else. It's just like all been heated up and put into a nice big fluffy ball for your pleasure. <laughs> Somebody took a shit in our laundry room at my old apartment complex once. And uh, that was less disgusting to me. <laughs> Did I ever tell you the story about the, the person, presumably female, who just took a shit in our office, like in the hallway? So there she, I... she was like a training room and there's a bathroom in between and there was a turd in between the two. So we're like, it had to be like a woman who was in a dress who just like stopped and Dropped. Stop, dropped. Stop, stop <laughs> dropped and rolled. So she didn't make it to either things that she needs. She either needed to go to the bathroom or she needed to go to the training room where they probably would put like training pants on her so that she could have <laughs> shit in her pants. <laughs> All right. Now that we just stood outside both and couldn't make a decision. So fuck <laughs> it right here. <laughs> just... All right. Speaking of shitting our pants, let's talk about this movie. Yes. Uh, what is the movie? Gore, gore, girls. Uh... When when I started watching it, uh, it said it was called Blood Orgy, so I had yeah. to double check and make sure that was the right thing. Yeah, that's that's the right thing. It's uh, the title at one point, and then it was called the Gore, Gore Girls. No, uh, I didn't know that. From the Godfather of Gore, Herschel Gordon Lewis, who gave us Two Thousand Maniacs and also Blood Feast. I think Color Me Blood Red is the other one, the Blood Trilogy, but hmm. I'm uh, surprised you guys are still talking to me after watching this. I didn't know any of his stuff. Uh, and then apparently this is both the first movie that he uh, submitted to the MPAA for a rating, and they rated it X, uh, and I agree. And uh, <laughs> it was the last movie he did for like 30 years. Yeah. So he was very prolific before that. And I'm sure if this is an example, uh, it was just a, a beloved body of work. Uh, they probably play it in the local uh, religious group. But um, yeah, and then he just stops and then he he made a comeback. He made some weird return. That I'm sure that everybody was just banging on his door for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He made Blood Feast 2 All You Can Eat, which uh, I haven't seen all of yet. Unfortunately, uh, he only made three films after this. Uh, before you want to take that in small bites, yeah. <laughs> he, uh, he, uh, well, he also did Wizard of Gore. Uh, have you guys heard any of these? Uh, 2000 Maniacs, Wizard of Gore, Blood Feast. Uh, I mean, this guy, he was the, the guy they call him the Godfather of Gore because he was one of the first ones to make truly bloody, gory horror films on like a micro budget. Yeah, he, he he does. Two Thousand Maniacs is probably my still my favorite of his. Uh, Wizard of Gore is pretty good, and Blood Feast has a place in my heart as well. Um, yeah, they're low budget, but th there, there's some fun things they do in it. I highly recommend Two Thousand Maniacs. Actually, I believe that's where the Ten Thousand Maniacs also got their name inspired from. Was from his Two Thousand Maniacs film. Um, which you can watch. I just recommend watch that. And then if you're curious, they did a, uh, a not a remake, but kind of an update sequel, 2001 Maniacs that had Robert England in it. Yeah, I thought that sounded familiar. 
I, I also like the fact that he goes from going through his IMDb. He goes from directing Blood Feast right to Goldilocks and the Three Bears. <laughs> uh, but that is Bears, B-A-R-E-S. Well, yeah, because he made uh, nudie cuties as well that were played in Grindhouse films. So he has, an in between doing the uh, horror stuff, he also did some nudie cuties, which were kind of stag type films where uh, girls are topless playing volleyball and stuff like that. Yeah, so I'm going to start out by saying that uh, this is unusual for me, but I can't remember the last time that I've said, hey, maybe we let up on the stripper scenes a little bit. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I completely agree. There was a point where I was like, this is uncomfortable. This is borderline <laughs> pornography. Uh, yeah. It, it's not even like it was borderline pornography. It was, it was, a, it was just boobs. Um, but it was long stretches and the worst musical choices I've ever heard because it was, <laughs> it was like one verse of a song, but no, no singing, just the, the same music over and over and over and o five minutes over. And, and one of them I'm pretty sure was like a, a, something you'd hear at an election rally, uh, just <laughs> continuous over and over and then they kept bringing it back like anytime the girl's on the screen even when she's getting murdered here's that same dance music again that uh it's like oh canada playing to to get but your ass is getting beat with a meat cleaver over and over and i'm like what the fuck is this shit well it's, it's a low budget um, movie they probably plus it's 1972 and and as my wife said that is a flat ass that is <laughs> Like you can't drive anywhere on that ass because uh, that ass is flat. I tell you, uh, I, I try to introduce people to the classics, and you know, <laughs> it, it's a cultured film, like yogurt that's been sitting in a locker for thirty-five fucking years. Uh, wow! If, if you're if you're familiar at all with his work, it, I mean, this film. Yeah, I didn't realize you guys didn't. Uh, it, yeah, it can be surprising, but it's kind of why I picked this because I just wanted to see. Oh, what, <laughs> how you guys would react. I've watched this multiple times. Um, no, Herschel Gordon-Lewis. Yeah, he is Godfather of Gore, micro-budget filmmaking. Back when they had film, not camcorder. You know, it's he, all the stuff he shot was on film. So most of your budget ends up going to that. So yeah, music selection, you don't have a huge amount. And this, he really went more comical uh, than some of his other films, though he works humor into all of them. Uh, like you have the old which I don't think many people would catch nowadays because it was more of a thing back then. But when the cops would show up and clean up the crime scene, they played the old uh, music track that they would usually play for uh, working like labor scenes, like in cartoons, like in the Looney Tunes, where if someone was pounding something on the train or whatnot, it, it always was kind of associated with work. Uh, I forgot the name of the track, but that cue they play every time they because they were you know these guys are doing work and it's usually a uh, you know a, a signature in like cartoons of someone doing monotonous work over and over again and so uh yeah that's why some of those musical cues are in there and some of them yeah it's just a budget choice he only had so much to work with so yeah there was a when i was a kid i used to watch tom and jerry all the time i love tom and jerry specifically the the chuck chuck jones era of Tom and Jerry, but but going back further in the Hanna-Barbera stuff, it's all great. And then they hit a point in Tom and Jerry where the animation really kind of like 
went low budget and all the music became a, a weird sort of trombone sound. <laughs> and when this film started, it felt like watching that era of Tom and Jerry, which is probably around the same time. Uh, this film was 1972. Um, but it that was the, the day I knew I was going to be disappointed when Tom and Jerry started playing the the later episodes uh, and anything in the 80s on was was terrible crap because that's when they <laughs> had people talking. But. It was it was definitely like, oh, this is this is going to feel real, real dated. Um, and it and it did. I don't mind that, but it was just such an attention to detail of here's someone dancing for forever and we're going to play this same bit of sound continuously for the whole thing that that's why it wore me down it's like i can't even feign interest in the boobs do you think that they put all these weird extended dance scenes in there to like lengthen the movie because it didn't really serve like any sort of story purpose they weren't that long. They felt like you guys haven't felt yeah. long. Yeah. You guys haven't obviously seen Orgy of the Dead. If you <laughs> want to talk about long scenes with nudity only, um, Orgy of the Dead, uh, written by Ed Wood Jr., uh, our good man Ed Wood, uh, those have extended long naked scenes. They, they aren't actually long in here. They might seem a little long because of the way it's uh, directed, but... Um, they get shorter when they get to the the contest, right? Uh, but for a while, the the strippers, it seems like they're up there for too long. And <laughs> <laughs> like I know you, I know you got to make money. I, I'm I'm okay with you making, but just take a breather. It just just sit down, it's just just rest for a little bit. And 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 nobody in the crowd like a level of acting maybe, but. Everyone just kind of like, woo. Yeah. Well, it's, I, I do kind of like that portrayal of a strip club audience versus what you normally see. Because if you go to a strip club, it looks more like lions watching gazelles run across the field. But if you look at most movies, you got people hooping and hollering and yeah, woo. And I'm like, what strip club did you guys go to? This one was at least a little more realistic. Like, Oh yay! Okay. What's what's at the buffet? Yeah, right. (laughs) Set up the wings. Where's the wings? Um, yeah, it's it's been a long time since I've I've gone to a strip club. In fact, the last one I went to uh, was on my 21st birthday, and it starred men. So (laughs) wrong weekend to go. (laughs) No, it was it was that's where we were going. Was like we we went to we went bar hopping. I was designated driver. And uh, and my my drunk uncle said he wanted to go to Promenades, which was the the local gay bar in Grand Rapids. And uh, we got there and it just happened to be the first time that they did live entertainment. Uh, so there was a picture of me, my uncle and his uh, his girlfriend at the time and a, a couple of strippers leaning into me, hugging me, uh, vibrant flesh tones, vibrant flesh tones on that glittered chest. And and the guy leans in and and my uncle's like hey it's his birthday and he leans in he's like happy birthday and and i i felt his knee in my back i'm like hey that's a little oh that is not your knee uh it was, <laughs> now I know so it was, it was a good time you. for everybody 
<laughs> Everybody was enjoying themselves. Yeah. So I, I take it you guys didn't enjoy this film, though. I'm not going to say that. I, I'm going to say that this film had challenges. I also want to point out that uh, about 95% of the people in this movie, this was their only movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think a couple of people had, had been in more things. And then, of course, and, and this is where things went right for me. Henny Youngman is in this. Yes. Right. Holy shit. <laughs> Fucking Henny Youngman shows up in this and he is running a strip club. And then he wants to run a contest to get amateur strippers to show up and win possibly a thousand dollars. And I, I kept saying, is this someone doing an impersonation of Henry Youngman? Because they're pretty goddamn good. <laughs> no. Fucking take my wife, please. Henny Youngman is in this goddamn movie for no fucking reason. I assume he is related to somebody or lost a bet or had some sort of sex tape. Something happened with Henny Youngman that he was in this. I don't even know if he was. I don't even know if he knows he was. Because shit, what the hell? Henny Youngman. God damn it. Yeah, it's just kind of weird that he he shows up in this film, uh, which... All his scenes were shot in one day. So, uh, like he needs a second take. He's like fucking, he you know, the biggest he did, pro. He didn't need a second take. No. And yeah, the, it, like a lot of these films, especially back then, uh, these films, you know, you, you grabbed whoever you could because it would be on the cheap. So, Milton Burl, I would have expected. <laughs> Absolutely, Milton Burl. <laughs> But, but William Shallert showed up in extreme videos. I, I, I can handle some things. Henny Youngman was in fucking Tiny Tunes, okay? <laughs> they, they did an episode with him. And I'm like, this shit can't be right. <laughs> Brilliant. Made my day. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's always odd to s- see that Henny Youngman was in here and uh, he has some great scenes in here, I think. Uh, you know, I I think there's a lot to enjoy in here if you kind of just sit back and can get past if the uh, strip scenes seem a little long. Like, you know, the Abraham Gentry character played by uh, Frank Cress, that guy, he likes makes the most out of this role. Uh, you know, and this is like his only film ever, but he was kind of a fun character, I thought. Him and the uh, the reporter. <laughs> Uh, Nancy Weston, who who showed up in Airport, I think was the last film that she did, or something like that. Um, yeah. So Abraham Gentry. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna regret saying this so soon after talking about my 21st birthday, but I enjoy a good prick. All right, and this guy is excellent at just being a prick to everybody in this entire movie. He's just like straight up sarcastic bullshit, feeding on like fucking make fun of the cops, make fun of the strippers, make fun of the the waitress who's bringing me drinks and expecting you not to spit in it. You fucking crazy. Uh, just, <laughs> Hey, you're giving me $25,000. Well, fuck you anyway. Uh, really? Uh, just total dickhead throughout the entire fucking thing. And girls keep wanting to sleep. And he's like, nah, I'm tired. I'm, I'm going to go home and then walks out. So the girl can get murdered. That was fucking nice. <laughs> and then shows up later on. Well, you guys know I wasn't here, right? You can tell that I left. How the fuck can they tell that you left? <laughs> like, they didn't have DNA or anything. They just kind of, you knew I wasn't here when it happened, right? Sure. We believe you because you're such an upstanding citizen, you prick. 
<laughs> Quite enjoyable. He's an enjoyable prick PI, though. So a true dick, if you <laughs> true dick. Wow. Yeah. Wait Just... conversation. <laughs> What's the the matter, whole thing, man? The whole thing with him and the waitress is basically like watching Flo and Mel from Alice. Mm-hmm. The, like the back and forth, that's all it was. Is just them just beating on each other the whole way. So, a uh, little spoilery here. It kind of makes you feel like the waitress is too important to the story that it gives you the hint that she maybe did it. Um, yeah. But not enough of a hint that they can't give you 10 minutes of exposition after everything's already happened at the end. It's like, so here's why I decided that she must be the one. And it all stuff has happened that nowhere in this film did you hear any of this. It's just like, hey, a few years ago, I heard about this chick and she did wrestling and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, really? What? They did have the one scene where he visited his wrestler female friend. You don't right. see any dialogue or anything. He just comes out of the, there and shakes hands and he got some kind of information, you know, that will show up later on, you know. So yeah. <laughs> when you've only got so much money to work with and so much film that you can shoot on, you got to pick your scenes wisely. Well, they picked it for extended stripper scenes. And then let's let's just face it. And this is probably why this movie is considered a classic. Uh, the the gore scenes of the kills, which were just straight up. I thought I was watching the, the cooking network for a little bit because almost every time he the killer comes in, kills somebody and then grabs some kitchen utensil. And and does something with like seasoned the person's ass, beat them to death, <laughs> beat them to death on their ass with a, a meat tenderizer, and then grabbed salt and pepper and started seasoning. And then I believe Abraham actually taste tested the the blood, right? Didn't he? When the cop comes up later, yeah, he's like, "Yeah, hey, well, let yeah. me stick my finger in that and lick it." <laughs> Well, yeah, because he brings the tissue on with with the sample, and he sniffs it for a moment. Then he takes a little uh, of his finger. Oh no, uh, the uh, meat tenderizer. He brings the meat tenderizer yeah. out, and he he licks it, and and he goes, "Oh, <laughs> it's just like he tasted it." Because you know that's how you tell. I think I've had this before. <laughs> yeah, this before. It's like, who knew that we ordered Arby's? Uh, I just. <laughs> man i just couldn't fucking handle some of the fucking shit in this but those those scenes it's like so slice the woman's neck slice her throat and and then she continues to scream or she dies instantly it just sort of depends and then pull out a hatchet and start beating on the head to split it open and then you can see the point where it obviously becomes like a a latex mask and Mm -hmm. it's just sort of pulling off and but it's a lot of stuff with eyeballs in this. Uh, I, I'm kind of glad about that's where my wife went to work is because she has a problem with eyeball shit. Oh, uh, but she was watching it and she's like, this is just the greatest movie ever made. Uh, <laughs> but it, again, heavy focus on the the ripping up of the flesh thing, like not 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 stepping back from this at all. The, the, the whole movie opens. I thought I missed something. I thought it like started later in the film by mistake it just opens up with a girl doing her makeup in front of a mirror and then somebody comes up and kills her just smack dab right away boom uh slice face in the mirror she's screaming just keep pounding her face and then it just becomes pulp 
And I'm like, oh, well, that's a good, strong opening. It's like you don't have any question what kind of film you're getting into. You'd be wrong because uh, you really don't have any idea. Uh, but <laughs> but at least, you know, it, bitch is going to die. Bitch is going to die in this. Um, and then and then it just goes on from there. But man, just the level of, hey, uh, so I'm going to I'm going to put some some French fries in some hot oil and heat that up and, and make myself dinner. Oh, nope, got murdered. Well, here comes my friend. Hey, Becky, how's it going? Oh, facing the oil. Just like, it's like Julia Child's murder mystery. It's it's fantastic. <laughs> Except Julia Child's would, of course, spend 20 minutes taking off her clothes slowly in front of a uh, slightly <laughs> perturbed audience. <laughs> I, think, I think Julia's done doing the show now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That was the, that was the series finale of Julia Child. They never showed. That's true. <laughs> I I think Mario Batali probably has that tape. Uh, oh, oof. bad week. When it bad opens, week. though, it, it it opens. It reminds me, though, some of the stuff in here reminds me of Italian giallo horror, though. With at least yeah, the way but... it opens, where you got the black leather glove, the leather outfit for your killer, you know, and the knife. And I, you know, it, it kind of is angled towards that it makes you feel like he's, you know, he's playing a little bit with that. Yeah, idea. it definitely felt like that in the opening scene. And then it, it kind of goes away from that. <laughs> we well, didn't even go over what the plot was. We didn't even give the rundown of what the film is. Usually, Mark, we'd make you do that. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. I, yeah, I guess no. we just dove right into it. <laughs> we, I, I don't know that like we're, a ton of story we're leading here. anybody's yeah, it, I don't know that we're leading anybody astray by not giving them the plot. This is really it. This is what the film is. Uh, stripper gets killed. Paper uh, sends a reporter to this guy, Abraham Gently, or Gently, who everybody seems to know and think highly of, even though he is a elusive asshole who doesn't want to talk to anybody, uh, but will gladly take $50,000 to go solve a, a murder and just be a jerk to everybody around town. Uh, they go to the strip club to ask questions they lead him to some guy who is kind of obsessed with the original stripper another stripper gets killed uh i keep using the term stripper is stripper still okay or is it, do i should i call them sex workers is that well, what we've gone go -go to know dancers they're really they're go -go I mean, back, dancers back then they would have been more referred to as go-go dancers or strippers yeah i think they keep calling them strippers in this though the, they do yeah the uh yeah, so at some point during one of the shows, uh, the Women's Lib Foundation, yeah, this movie is to Women's Lib what Kuja was to PETA, uh, which is a great example of, like, yeah, we, we think very highly of, of these women who are asking for respect in the industry. And so they show, uh, um, what was it? Quit No Tits? What was the yeah. sign? It was yeah. So Quit no weird. Tits. Yeah very bizarre signage they they stand and they wait for the show they they stand around for again 10 minutes uh waiting for the scene to like now she's completely naked let's go up and and have our little protest and beat the shit out of patrons in this fucking bar except leave the the reporter who's passed out because uh abraham keeps getting her drunk um leaves her on the table so they all are upset they become the leader of them becomes a suspect, uh, a guy who I guess killed a bunch of people in Vietnam, both on the opposite side and his own uh, company uh, works the, at one of the bars. Now he becomes a suspect because he keeps drawing faces on squash uh, 
and on tomatoes and then squishing That's the faces. Weird. Yeah, <laughs> that was hilarious. Do we think he might be the killer? I'd put him up there. Yeah, yeah you know, but but not him, guys. <laughs> not him. <coughs> Excuse me. So that, but most of what keeps happening is Abraham keeps fighting with this waitress who works at every place in this movie. He can't go to a fucking bar that she doesn't work at. And well, he goes to the three strip clubs that are owned by Henny Youngman's character, and she happens right. to work at all three. So, but every time he's there, he walks in and she's there. He's like, oh, Yes, oh, I just thought it was gonna be you. Yeah, well, he even makes a point at one point going, Wow, what a coincidence! Who would have thought I would have showed up here at the exact same time you were working at another location? <laughs> right? Uh, sorry, didn't mean yeah. to cut you off, but. <laughs> That's pretty much the film, though. You're right, Corey. That is, that is it. That You're is right. really it. Um, and and for some reason, the reporter likes him. Like he yeah. gets her drunk one time, and she's like, "Well, you wouldn't really have to get me drunk to get into bed with me." He's like, "Well, I'm not really getting in bed with you either way, so fuck off." Like, <laughs> Let me order you another drink with four tequilas in it. Jesus <laughs> Christ. <laughs> Matt staying silent. <laughs> I don't have a lot to say about this movie. It was it was not that there, great. I've broken the, the you guys. He, the first time he gets a reporter drunk, the first time uh, Abraham gets Nancy drunk, he takes her out to, to take her home and he lays her down in the street. I really literally thought he was just going to leave her laying there in the street. You think I, so? I thought, yeah. yeah, this is par for the course with him. He's just going to be like, yeah, fuck this lady and just drop her. But he actually goes and gets her cap <laughs> and then sends her home with a stranger. You know, if that was Uber, She'd be dead. <laughs> we'd, some... we'd be getting parts of her mailed to us right now. <laughs> She'd be dead, but somehow she still gave the Uber driver five stars. So there you go. <laughs> exactly. Oh, that's so awesome. Stab me very nicely. <laughs> oh, come on, you can't you can't beat though the one seed where uh the girl she's uh uh, popping bubble gum and as she's popping the bubble the guy hits her in the back of the head and blood fills within the blood bubble the bubble and the bubble doesn't yeah. burst yes you're absolutely right that was the best scene <laughs> i mean there's some great things in here i mean shocking and like holy crap but you know i, I you kind of do have to separate yourself a little bit from what's a what's actually good filmmaking and what this film is which it's firmly it firmly is self-aware of what it is and like you said you know this is herschel gordon's last film and it feels like because he has a reputation of gore he was trying to just go out all out like just you know what this is probably gonna be my last film i'm just doing whatever the fuck i want you know including cutting the nipples off of my victim and pouring milk in a cup from the Oh my god, I forgot about that. <laughs> like the years of therapy now that's resurfaced. I'm gonna have to pay for it. Oh, what the shit? <laughs> wow. Yeah. I didn't expect I'm Corey sorry. to be so upset about this. I didn't I, I, I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> I, I just I I I really I just saw it happen. I'm like, yeah. Could not really be. Oh shit! There it goes for the other one. Yep. <laughs> and oh, get shit. champagne glasses to fill them up with it. Well, you need to drink it, out of the proper glassware. 
it, and then and then they get clinged too. The killer clings both cups. Yes, both glasses. <sighs> like cheers. <laughs> and well, I mean, then you get the stripper names too. You know, Candy Cane, Susie Cream Puff, Lola Prize. Um, you know, the film's not meant to be taken seriously at all. Right. Um, and, and if if people go in thinking a serious horror film, you're gonna really be disappointed because it's not. He's he's having a lot of fun and like i said if you are familiar with his other body of work i think you you might see it more but i can also completely understand your guys's reaction to it uh which like i said i didn't i just was wondering what how you guys would take it because uh, it is a film of one of those that lives in the kind of cult film section and and you know, not talked about a lot. A lot of people talk about his like 2000 Maniacs, which is probably his most popular one, I would say, um, next to Blood Feast. Uh, but even then, this is some of the stuff. I mean, we're talking 40 years ago, 45 years ago, this was made. So a lot of these films just get lost, you know, and they're, yeah. you know, they're not great. But if you look at what he's doing with what little that he had, the gore effects, as cheesy as they look like nowadays, it's pretty extensive for the budget. Yeah, I watched, uh, I stayed up until one o'clock. Well, I stayed up to four o'clock, but uh, I, I watched the giant Gila monster last night. Mm -hmm. And and that's my second time seeing this this year because I saw it in uh, San Francisco at the beginning of the year up on the screen for uh, a party. But that's that's kind of what I, I think of, oh, quaint older movie and it's a little bit B-movie-ish and stuff. And no, no, I, I, this is this is a different level. <laughs> this was something else. And and I I don't have a huge problem with it. Mm -hmm. Because you're right. It's not taking itself seriously. The the actors, the two lead actors are are very funny. And the the Henry Henry Youngman is very funny. The waitress is funny. Overall, there's a lot to enjoy in this. It's just I couldn't believe some of the things that happened. <laughs> in it and and again some of the focus of like well we've got someone who's willing to dance naked up on screen should we really pan away no let's just stick it out let's just let the film run just use everything we shot yep. we set up the scene it took us like a half an hour to set up the lighting in a scene so yeah we're just gonna keep running with it so <laughs> you got any of that that tape over there that from the JFK assassination that we can tape over? Yeah, let's let's do that. <laughs> well, again, this comes from the director who made the classic some of the classic stag nudie cutie films is their title where, you know, so it, it's coming from that filmmaker. So, again, that part doesn't surprise me that it took extra long on it and. Uh, yeah, it's exploitation film. You know, it's horror exploitation of of the old days. And so, what uh, what part do you think got it the X rating? Uh, where do you I think would... it went wrong? Judgment. Where do you think it went so so right? It's the MPAA. It probably went wrong with the opening scene being too graphic. Yeah. Uh, is what I I would suspect even more so than the, any type of sexual content. It was the gore, because I mean, you you look at RoboCop. RoboCop got an X rating the first time around, 
Yeah. Uh, and it, there's nothing sexual really in there at all, except for the, the Coke scene with the hookers, which, you know, you, you okay, but that's not what got it. It was the, the excessive violence and gore. And that's the same way here. It, it got that rating because the gore was so excessive, but at the same time, I think they missed the point that it was being excessive on purpose. You know, it, it, these kills are being insane on purpose because he is just poking fun a little at himself, but just making a, a an over the top gory comedy. So at first you're kind of like shocked and then you're just, you kind of find yourself going, Oh my God, I can't believe they did that. And you know, it's done so matter of factly that, yeah, I think, I think that opening scene really probably made them start to question you know what rating to give it and then by the time you get to the milk scene well pff, yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and none of these are realistic it's not like this is tom savini level of, of of effects or anything it you when you're watching it you 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 kind of know well did they did they actually kill a person no no it doesn't look even remotely but it's still it's just it's so over the top it's so weird uh the the least um bizarre one was the using the hot iron i think yes. that was the one where like oh oh I just you can tell that's makeup but everything else it was just here's some sort of cantaloupe and we're just going to rip this thing to shit uh yeah it it's quaint it's <laughs> quaint. It's, that's a term that <laughs> doesn't apply I'm, i don't think i've heard anyone say it's quaint it's quaint for a gory exploitation over the top film that has lots of boobs and blood so it's quaint. My two favorite bees. <laughs> and yet you didn't like it, Matt. I, okay. Okay. It, it's it's entertaining, but it's... Okay. It's entertaining. That's <laughs> it's really entertaining. all I can say. I mean, the lack of story doesn't help. The cheesy effects don't help, but the cheesy effects are entertaining. <laughs> what about breaking the fourth wall? He goes a little Ferris Bueller a couple of times and talks yes. directly to the screen, it's especially at the end when it's like he and, and Nancy are, are going to finally, he's going to hit that. Uh, <clears throat> I guess he's decided the $50,000 and uh, and her dealing with his shit for so long and this whole thing and him risking her life. Uh, it's like, it finally adds up. Yeah, I'll, I'll throw her a bone. Um, and then she's like, hey, but what about them? And they look up at the screen and he's like, I'll just close this. And slowly the screen goes black. Like, okay, yeah, really, just not even trying. <laughs> I, I saw that same ending in Meatballs 4 with Corey Feldman. So I, <laughs> sorry, but the better <laughs> film obviously wins here. Which may have may have stolen it from here. So you never know. Uh... Wow. Corey Feldman hasn't taken anything from anybody except for, you know, Corey Feldman's own innocence. <laughs> That's true. Uh, he might be well, listening I, to this, so I don't. I don't want to offend the guy. <laughs> Corey might be listening. Yeah. Corey, I love your angels. There you go. <laughs> I really wish I'd have went to see him when he was in Green Bay. Not gonna lie. <laughs> yeah, I I almost wanted. I'm like, oh man, that that'd be almost worth the trip. <laughs> That's gotta be an experience. I I definitely have to see him at some point. I met Corey Haim, so I I need to at some. Point in my life, get I need to meet Corey Feldman. Well, he had an opening for a, a bouncer, Corey. I think I told you the story, but my wife would not let me apply. Yeah, oh, that sucks. 
I could be protecting Corey Feldman right now instead of doing this podcast. <laughs> would life, you? Life goals. This, isn't it one of those things of like, you know, you're you're in the Secret Service and then some asshole gets elected president. I'm not going to throw, throw any names out there. But then you just kind of go, so I know my whole job is to take a bullet for this guy, but maybe I go into private security now. You know, just like, because I don't want to have that moment of a split second decision and say, I, I'm, oops, I tripped. It just, like, <laughs> I really sorry, meant to dive in front of that bullet, but uh, I fell on my shoelaces before then. God, I didn't get the footing I needed to be able sorry, to. Sorry, Corey Feldman gets punched in the face. And you're like, oh, I'm sorry. I thought I was supposed to be protecting Snoop Dogg. You got my this, mistake. Corey. You yeah. got this, Corey. Take <laughs> oh, him down. Uh, is there anything else you want to talk about the movie or should we rate it? <laughs> No, I, th- I think we covered it well. It's not a deep film, but no, I no, not at all. I, I, again, though, I mean, one of the things is, and I'm glad, I'm glad you guys allowed me to pick this one, and and still were troopers and sat through it because uh, it's a film that I enjoy, but I enjoy his work, uh, and it, and you know, so I, I appreciate you guys. I just want to say ahead of time, appreciate you having me on the show and and actually muscling through uh, this uh, forty five-year-old film <laughs> so and, oh, no. yeah it wasn't like a great movie and i mean dave uh had made us watch some shit too but like a bad movie generally results in good conversations so that's ultimately what we're trying to do is have a fun conversation so this movie allowed for that so i don't really see this as being like a waste of my time oh that's that's good yeah. good to know <laughs> yeah well i'll literally watch anything once yeah that's why i'm like too, except frozen which... I will not watch Frozen. I'll let it oh, go. God. Fuck. Just, I, I, don't. just I let it go. The, no. the I, I, hear, I hear you over there trying to make dad jokes. Stop that. No, there was the, the half hour short was on the other night. Oh, God. Frozen. And and I, I had the TV on and I just didn't know where the remote was and I've been sick. So I couldn't even work up the strength to change the channel. I'm just sitting <laughs> like, this is this has got to be the worst thing. If there's not a motivation to get me off the fucking mattress... Uh, this is it. This is definitely it. Was that Olaf's Frozen Adventure? Yeah, yeah, because that's what they played in front of Coco that everybody got it because yeah. it was a quote. They had to remove it. It was a quote unquote short that was twenty two minutes long. So you had a whole bunch of kids going, "Where's Coco?" while they're watching Olaf. And um, I, I know this is a podcast. This is in public. Let's just say I, I went uh, to, with to Coco with um, my children. And on the way home, we had an interesting conversation about a parallels with Olaf and Frozen and uh, a certain group that rose to power back in the uh, late 30s, early 40s, where they uh, were acquiring different. (laughs) They were acquiring objects of religious or uh, faith uh, from different people and then set them on fire. Oh, okay. I'm like, where is this headed? Wasn't quite sure. Huh, yeah, my my it was equated to a certain faction that used to you know in their their country of Germany collect the other traditions of other folks and then set them on fire. So, uh, <laughs> oh. interesting conversations when we take the drive home. Let yeah. me tell you, how was Coco was good though. Right? I heard from a lot of Coco people. was great. Yeah. Coco was great. It was enjoyable. Olaf's Frozen Adventure, not so much. <laughs> just... And now that my now that we've equated it to the Nazi party uh, of burning their 
traditional objects. Yeah, now I look at that short in a wholly different light. And I'm like, okay, no. Now I kind of want to watch it <laughs> just to see where you're coming from. Does that make me a terrible person? <laughs> no, I'm a terrible person for bringing it up. So. No, no. <laughs> Try not Try not to make a, a tie between a snowman and an oven joke. I just don't want to. I feel bad about it. <laughs> All right, Mark, as our guest, you have to rate the movie first. Uh, zero to five scale. Oh, I have to rate it fine. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I would rate it as a five, but I'm a fan of Herschel Gordon Lewis's other work. If you're not familiar with this, if you're a modern horror film watcher, I, I put that caveat on it. I personally give it a five because I get a blast because I get it and going for it. And I enjoy really old horror films and seeing what they do on a micro budget. But yeah. um, so if you're curious at all, I would say first start with his earlier work before you watch uh, Gore Gore Girls. Uh, but otherwise, yeah, I, I give it a five uh, as long as you just turn your brain off and, and watch the craziness. So you're you're not recommending the frozen short you're recommending the earlier work of the guy who as you've said did mostly stag films <laughs> there's your review kids well the frozen Work your short... way up to the the movie where they cut off the nipples and the milk shoots out <laughs> <laughs> well the, fr the frozen short had all the kids in the audience who were there for coco falling asleep or going when's coco going to start so right. that's not my review that's the review of their target demographic oh yeah don't don't take kids who already have the, the greatest attention span in the world and put them in the theater saying we're here to see this movie uh, but just wait it's alright It the anticipation is character building child No, <laughs> granted my boys are teenagers but when we sat down I sat there and go oh yeah guys by the way before Coco there's a 22 minute short of Frozen and they, <laughs> well, my oldest looked at me and he goes I thought you loved us yeah <laughs> Is this also when you tell us that we're not getting anything in the will, Dad? Because <laughs> I feel like the impact would be lessened at this point. Yes. So was there? There was also like twenty minutes of previews and commercials before. Well, there was there was about ten to fifteen minutes of. Uh, usually, we get about ten minutes of of previews beforehand. So yeah. So practically a half hour before the movie starts, you get all this other stuff in front of it. Uh, there's other places where there's more commercials than that before the film starts. Yeah. And there were a lot of people complaining about the, having the short in front of Coco as well. Yeah, the, um, the because theater, Coco is, isn't exactly a long, uh, short movie either. So Yeah, the theater we go to is now up to oh, like 10 minutes of commercials, 10 minutes of previews. Wow. Yeah, it's yeah. not the coolest thing in the world. That's Marcus I, for you, though. But a short before a movie, especially a Pixar movie, uh, which are usually... Well, this isn't Pixar; it's Disney. But still, it, it those are usually considered extra value. The the shorts when you go to see something like Toy Story and you get a, a short for whatever before it that that's that's kind of important. They af sometimes they would add in stuff extra at the end of the movie. They would do the the outtakes like you, so you'd have to go back to the movie theater to see a Bug's Life a second time to to see all the outtake stuff afterwards. That. Seems like it would normally be a selling point. It just feels like this short in particular was a misfire. Right. Uh, and, and for parents who were probably already burnt out on uh, Frozen as it is, we're just like, yeah, I'm really going to start some shit about this. Yeah. It was interesting not to see a normal Pixar type 
short in front of the Pixar film. I mean, you usually get some really cool film where there's very little dialogue or some kind of interesting take. Like they had, you know, singing islands in front of one. I forgot which one it was. Uh, but then there was, you know, the one with the dog, which actually I think won an Academy Award, which was yeah. a great one. Uh, I love that one. I mean, there's a lot of great shorts from Pixar's group that usually show in front of Pixar. So to have it do this instead is just like almost like Disney. Why? Why? You should have just left it to your Disney Channel special and put it on loop there. Um, Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a little weird because it seems like it's something that probably should have landed much better. And I can see why the thought process was of of putting it there. Uh, But back to this. (laughs) Uh, yes, folks, we go from talking about Gore Gore Girls and nipples being cut off to uh, children's movies and how they should not be. It's part I, I await the inevitable Pixar remake of Gore Gore Girls. <laughs> oh, I want uh, if it stars any of the cast too. of Cars, I think I'm going to be okay with it. It's uh, so bad. Yeah. Uh, I'll tell you someday about my, my dream when I was a little kid about... Uh, the classic Disney characters doing a rendition of mice and men. Anyway, Corey, you have to rate this movie. (laughs) That shit happens to Daisy in the barn. So, uh, I can't give this a lower score than either of Dave's movies. I just can't. It was far more enjoyable than anything he's brought to us. I'm actually going to give it a two. I I think Mark sold me a lot in your review, uh, and talking with you about it is that as, as it is bad, it is really bad. But there's something there to still enjoy about it. There, there's more than one thing to enjoy about it. And uh, and it, it's worth a watch at any rate. If you can handle it. <laughs> I'm trying to like rekindle the scores that we gave Dave's movies. Oh, they uh, usually zeros. All got zeros. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because I too cannot like this movie was not worse than anything Davis made us watch. So I wanted to make sure that I was adhering to the higher than higher than dave movie scores uh i'm I'm, I'm gonna go with a one and a half like it's not great but by no means is it terrible um it would definitely be something fun to like get real drunk while watching with like a bunch (laughs) of friends like i would never sit down and watch this again but um if someone's looking for like some cheesy gory not a whole lot going on solid movie solid movie it definitely is a movie you want to put on you could put even at like a crazy horror party you're having or whatnot and you could even have it in the background or something you you don't need it you know to be focused too intently on it but it is a fun one more so with a group of friends and if you have alcohol yes it, it takes the edge off uh, <laughs> like i said i watched it this morning over breakfast with my wife before i sent her to work retail for the day like, <laughs> i feel like this is the right mood to send you out to work retail during the holiday season it is it is. Uh, I, if you guys don't mind, I would recommend you check out his his blood trilogy, especially Two Thousand Maniacs. Um, Two Thousand Maniacs, I think you may get a kick out of. It, it's still a bit over the top, but the, as far as the story goes, it's it's got a little bit more to it, um, and it, it's one that is interesting because it it's not as intimate if you will it doesn't involve just two or three people it involves an entire town um well the challenge would be to to have you back (laughs) well we would we want you to come back to and we would definitely watch 
uh, 2000 Maniacs with you. Uh, the other thing that that uh, Aaron, my wife, pointed out is that it's it's not far from a it's it's sort of John Waters esque. Mm-hmm. You know, and and I'm not a I'm not a fan of John Waters movies. I love John Waters. Uh, I I I find him adorable uh, in a Steve Buscemi kind of way, but I don't like his films in the least. His, his people are just fucking weird in his shit. But I could see the similarities in between this guy's stuff and and what John Waters does. And Herschel would probably consider that a compliment. So <laughs> yeah, or John Waters might consider it. A or compliment. John Waters might too. Uh, you, you know, it's one of those things where I like it because it comes from a period where people were just making films because they wanted to make them. They don't you watch these films, you get the idea they know what they're making and there's no real allusion to what they're making. Unlike a lot of the indie stuff today where people think they're making the next great big franchise and they're going to get picked up and oh, this is going to launch my Hollywood career. You know, this this comes from that age where people are still figuring this stuff out. You know, that's not a studio. And and that's why I kind of like watching films from this era, the micro budget, low budget stuff, because, uh, yeah, these guys are just doing this to to do it. You know, <laughs> yeah, there's right. there's no real allusion to it and uh, of what they're making. And, and there's an honesty to them, you know, as, as grotesque as they are. Like you said, they're quaint. They're 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 enter- I find them entertaining because there there seems to be just a little bit more honesty to it. And I'm not saying all the modern indie micro budget stuff is out there, but there's a lot more out there where people are making them and you're watching them going, okay, you're just pushing this too far, thinking you're being a lot more creative than you are. It's it's like a kid who first learns to swear and then they they swear all the time. They they sometimes swear wrong, but the creativity behind it is so amazing. <laughs> Which yes. is basically a description of this entire podcast. Um, <laughs> it's not nice. wrong. Now that I think about it, yeah, that's a joke grenade that just blew up my hand. Uh, it's yeah, I, I I agree. And we've had a, a couple of uh, filmmakers on uh, recently, uh, Anthony and PJ, and that's exactly right. Is that they get to experiment and they get to do something fun. Our friends who do uh, karate tortoise, it, that's exactly it. It's over the top. It's weird. It's it's funny. It's it's maybe not to everybody's humor or tastes, but getting that that bravery out there of like I'm not doing this sanitized by a production company, uh, a big thing like Universal Pictures or uh, I mean, sorry, everybody's owned by Disney now. Uh, <laughs> it, it's just I'm doing this for me. I'm doing this because I think it's fun, and and people who dig on it will will hopefully find it and enjoy it, and people who don't dig on it can just pass it on by. Right. I mean, there's so much out there now, I think. And again, I'm, I'm I'm not an expert by any means, but just from what I've seen, especially online, the growing culture of of experts and film watchers and movie watchers in that there seems to be a large group of individuals who think that a film should be made for everyone. And the minute it does something different, it turns them off because, well, that movie sucks. Well, why? Well, it, this and this. But you're like, but they did something different. Yeah, but I didn't like it. Okay, they still did something different. You cannot yeah. like something, you know, and, and still appreciate the fact that they were trying something different. Um, you, you know, and, and I think some people 
have that mentality though, that if a film is being wide released, it should appeal to more people. You know, it, yeah. should, it should appeal to everybody. When when that's not the case, you know, people do make stuff for specific demographics sometimes. And, you know, like people, uh, you know, Bad Moms Christmas. Okay. I went to see it with my wife. I saw Bad Moms. I actually found some enjoyment in it because of the parental angle. Uh, not so much relating to the female characters, but then I also have a crush on Mia Kunis. But that's beside the point. Uh, <laughs> but we Kristen went to Bell. A, and Kristen Bell too. Yeah, that, the uh, whole cast pretty much. But we went to see a Bad Moms Christmas, and while it wasn't a great film, the majority of the 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 uh, audience when we went to were females or guys who were there with their <laughs> female other, you, you know, their their uh, their partner or whatnot. Um, and we watched it and the ladies were laughing and everything. Then you get online and there's a whole bunch of like guys going, man, this movie sucks. This is the worst movie of the year. And I'm like, it wasn't meant for you. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know what you get, guy? You get chips. Yeah. Oh, uh, you get, you oh. get the Baywatch movie. That That's so have fun with that. Um, <laughs> I haven't seen Bad Moms yet, but it's one of those things that I'm I'm willing to check out. I haven't seen chips yet either. Uh, you're not totally missing. Honest. You're not missing much with. Chips. Oh, I, I'm sure I'm not. But Oof. bad moms. I'm. I'm at least interested in. First of all, because Catherine Hahn is fucking hilarious in everything. Yes. Uh, but just in general, it looks like it could be fun, and it looks more interesting to me than uh, what was it? Daddy's Home with Mark Wahlberg yeah. and Will <laughs> Ferrell. Like, I kind of know what I'm going to get with those two guys already, and and I don't believe that it's breaking any new ground. But Bad Moms, at least there was something else to it that looked more interesting. Mm -hmm. And again, it doesn't have to it doesn't have to service me. Not every movie has to service me. Right. And I, I if, think if, a good go chunk of the Internet feels like movies should. And so you get movies like and again, Gorgor Girls <laughs> is the extreme case. But you get movies that, well, this movie sucked. Well, why? And you're like, well, it's, I'm like, but it was not necessarily made for you. <laughs> Right. You know, it's it's made for a specific audience. Uh, there's an audience out there, and now that we have so much access to so much, that audience can find their niche and you know go, oh hey, I found this bulk of movies that I enjoy. And someone from the outside, they look at it and go, wow, that was stupid. Well, it wasn't made for you. You know, yeah. <laughs> we did a we did a Soska we did the first Soska Sisters movie, Dead Hooker in a Trunk. Oh yeah, uh, a mm -hmm. while ago, mm -hmm. and that movie impressed me all the time because of the the choices that they would make in the story. It's like every time I think, oh, well, now they're going to do this, they would do something completely just out of nowhere to me. And I thought, this is amazing. Like, how brave is this shit? Because they just, like, this is what we decided we're going to do here. And it doesn't have to make sense to what you would expect from a plot in something like that. It just kept going further and further into other directions that you never would have thought of. And I thought that was great. Uh, so I, I like brave storytelling and I, I like a good safe film. You know, you you play a love actually once in a while. I'm going to have fun with that. Uh, mm -hmm. It's it's funny. A friend of mine posted, uh, by the way, love actually not the family holiday movie that you seem to remember <laughs> it being. I'm like, oh, yeah, all I want for Christmas is hardcore sex scenes. Uh, but yes, please. that is kind of all I want for Christmas. Um but yeah, it, it is that that thing of like this is considered a beloved classic for so many people, and interspersed in it is just random shots of people banging. Yeah, as you do, <laughs> as you do in your English Christmas movie. Yes. Uh, so everything gets to be special when it wants to. 
Hey, so Mark, you say you're not an expert. Uh, I don't know what that makes us, but if you want to tell us what the hell that makes us, you can contact us by leaving us a voicemail at 805-328-3966. Uh, you can email us at pot at gncast.com or leave us a message on the website. And you can follow the show on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. We're at Podcast of Terror, pretty much all those places. And uh, you can subscribe to us via iTunes if a- Apple does that shit anymore. Uh, Stitcher, Google Play, or your favorite podcatcher. Leave us feedback wherever you want. Uh, somehow or another, we assume people might still be listening. We don't know. It's hard to say. But we love you. We miss you. You should call us. Tell us happy Christmas. Uh, all subscription options and links can be found at gncast.com slash subscribe. And you can follow the network, Collective Network, at Facebook. Yeah, if you like using Amazon like the rest of America, go to amazon.podcastterror.com shop as you normally would. We get a cut keeps this thing free then we don't have to shop for sponsors although i can't prove how many dollars we have anymore fucking apple um that's a personal vendetta though mark where can all the people find you and everything that you're doing and all these movies that you talk about <laughs> uh, specialmarkproductions.com is where you can get most of your movie man needs i have links for the podcast there links to latest youtube um stuff occasionally i do an interview like i got a chance once again to talk to Catherine mary stewart from uh last starfighter and uh that was awesome nice yeah it was my second interview with her um that i've done since i've been doing the podcasting and that was a lot of fun uh, night of the comet one of my favorite movies of all time <laughs> yeah the first time we talked to her about uh, last starfighter uh the most recent one though we talked to her about night flyers oh so, wow yeah, we got to talk to her about Night Flyers, and there's some interesting stuff she talked about there, as well as, you know, showing an interest to try to get be in the TV series sci-fi is developing with uh, Martin writing. And so, uh, yeah, it was a really cool interview. But stuff like that's up there. I've got uh, uh, an interview up there with Fred Olin Ray uh, as well that I did from back in the day. He did a, does a lot of cult. He, he's got a big, he's done a lot of uh low budget or uh you know cult films following his son chris olin ray has followed in his footsteps and he's still making films he's done the three-headed shark series um so and and stuff like that so yeah there's interviews up there stuff that i do there as well as on my youtube channel and then occasionally you can hear me on great podcasts like this as well as astro radio z and written work on we live entertainment Corey. Uh, uh, yeah, go to don'tasscomics.com. Check out the comics that I help publish uh, for my friend Levi Krauss. And uh, and sometimes I write some of them. Sometimes I don't. Usually I don't. Uh, sometimes I don't post because I get sick. But hey, you know, it's it's a crapshoot. That's why content is free. Also support my wife. Uh, go to store.arthag.com. And, uh, and if you like seeing nipples getting sliced off, uh, that is that is kind of my wife's artwork in a nutshell. <laughs> I I wish I was making that up. That's awesome. I'm not. I'm not at all. Yeah, he's that's awesome, wrong. man. Not at all wrong. <laughs> Anyways, you can find me Twitter, Instagram, and Untapped Matt the Lifeguard. That's gonna do it. Uh, next week we're gonna be watching Volumes of Blood, which is uh, one of the movies by previous guest PJ Starks. Oh, Actually, cool. Really looking forward to that one because yeah, we don't have a guest. And then it's Christmas. And then we're taking a week off because it's the fucking holidays. <laughs> it's, you, need, you need a week off. For, 
Yeah. We consider that. Matt's just going to watch Santa Slay on repeat the entire fucking time. I'm going to go to Cleveland, Ohio. <laughs> which is the same thing. Yeah, right. Which, which volume of blood, blood is that that you're watching? The, uh, the first one. The first one, okay. Yeah. Uh, I got the chance to see a screener of the second one, actually. So, um, oh, nice. I, cool. I I really have no idea what I'm getting into, but he kind of sold it uh, when, we, when he was on, so we decided to watch it. Yeah, plus he's awesome. Yeah, super I, nice guy. I haven't seen the the first one, but if it's anything like the second one, yeah, it's a lot of fun. I think you'll enjoy that one a lot more than you enjoyed Gore Gore Girls. That's not hard to do. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Mark, thanks again for coming. You bet. Thank you for having me on, gentlemen. That's going to do it for another episode of the podcast. Daryl, we'll talk to you guys next week. Stay scared, everybody. (laughs) 